You are currently listening to one half of the greatest tag team of podcasts there are out there today. Once you get finished with this great episode, go on over on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, even over on YouTube and check me out, Ted the Hillbilly Hill of the Hill Truth Wrestling Podcast, award-winning, critically acclaimed, number one in Antarctica, and I'm going to break down the bad guys, the villains, the heels of professional wrestling. And always remember, there's the real truth, then there's the heel truth. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to the Wrestling Fans Insight Wednesday Night Chaos. I'm your host, John Hoppy, along with my buddy, other co-host, best team member. Well, I'm just saying that because Carlos isn't here. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> Welcome, Brian. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. It's Wednesday Night Chaos already, and it's been a chaos week in the yeah, world of I'm, wrestling. And I'm only in one beer, so we're... We're not going to get too chaotic, I think. <laughs> but uh, how, how have you been over the week? I'm good. Um, enjoyed some good wrestling over the weekend. The uh, lots of talk to get you know get into, but overall, I mean, it was a nice little just holiday weekend off. That was actually very nice, just to rest and recharge, and you know, kind of get back into the work grind this week. So, did you have a really enjoyable Thanksgiving though? It was okay. Um, I, I'll be honest. Yeah, we tried the restaurant thing, and it just didn't work out so well. Um, <laughs> and like, so we're never doing that again. So, yeah, I understand. I, I think the way to go if you're going to do the restaurant thing is to just if they offer like a Thanksgiving package for you to take home to like put in the oven and heat up. Yeah, I mean, it was. That, um, that usually worked better. <laughs> yeah, there was like an hour wait and hundreds of people and. My dad is like not a patient man. <laughs> he did so, and he's like, "We should have just gotten this to go." And I was like, "I'm with you." <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I can understand that very well. So, but we got through it, and there was a slice of pie at the end. How was yours? You know, it was nice, relaxing. My wife and I actually did that exact thing where we bought the Thanksgiving package from Cracker Barrel, picked it up the day before, cooked it here at our house, and then. We took it all over to my parents and celebrated there. So it was it was pretty nice, you know, um, especially with the health problems my mother's been having. It It's always great to feel where we can help them out, you know, especially after all these years where they help us children out, you know. Absolutely. It's, always, it's always nice to return the favor to your family. And it well, was that's one of my favorite reasons for Thanksgiving, right? Because there's not a lot of expectations that's put into it right at the end of the day it's a meal with family and so it's very it's what you want to make it but i love the fact that there's not a lot of corporate influence too much on it you know i feel like that kind of takes over christmas and the other holidays so i like that we still have control over thanksgiving a little bit and you know kind of have a simple meal among people um also thanksgiving's a season of surprises you know we didn't have the gobbledygooker popping out of any eggs or anything right (laughs) so 
but I know we did have a lot of wrestling this week. So what would you like to get into tonight? Well, why don't we go ahead and just, we'll start off kind of where I thought it was. It's kind of a little tamed down because I know we're kind of getting more toward the, is it that world's in for AEW? If I remember right. It is. Yeah. I mean, there still isn't going to be a whole lot going on. So, I mean, it just felt like a filler tonight. So why don't we just go ahead and read, read the results for dynamite. I don't have a whole lot on it. So, um, we started off with, uh, the AEW continental classic gold league match between John Moxley and Jay lethal. John Moxley picks up the win there. Roosh ends up defeating Mars Briscoe in another match for the continental classic gold league. Wardlow totally destroys AR Fox and wins by uh, via referee stoppage. Uh, top flight in action, Andretti. Uh, you heard me right. Top flight. Dante Martin has returned to the ring, and they get a victory in a trios match over the Hardys and Brothers A. For the TBS Championship, Julia Hart makes her first defense and successfully retains over Emmy Sakura. And in the main event for the Continental Classic Gold League match, Swerve Strickland ends up defeating Switchblade Jay White, which is kind of interesting to see Jay White take back-to-back losses there, especially after uh, they just had uh, full gear not too long ago. But I don't think either guy really looked bad. And Well, Jay White definitely didn't look bad taking a loss. I mean, he brought it to Swerve, and Swerve brought it to Jay. So overall, it was a good match. Good match between the two. I think that definitely deserved the spot there for the main event for Dynamite. Uh, but again, I, I I just kind of felt like it was a filler, and it's nothing on Dynamite. It's just they really have nothing. They really have no attention now with what we're going to talk about here very shortly. Um, why don't we go ahead and get right into the... <laughs> well, I, I guess my question is, based off what I just read to you, did anything... <clears throat> stick out in mind yeah a couple things um moxley is the right guy to win that match right because you know he is uh gonna be important in this tournament um i'm surprised that rush got the win over mark briscoe i honestly thought mark briscoe was gonna play the cinderella man in this story you know the 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 fairy tale um especially since you know it is for this continental title and um, I really kind of felt he was going to play maybe the Jake Roberts from the 96 King of the Ring type story where he'd make it pretty far and then get beat by somebody. And I thought the fans were going to rally behind him and stuff. So I was shocked to see him lose so early. Um, and, and, and what you mentioned in the main event with uh, Swerve Strickland getting the win over Jay White. Um, I don't think that hurts Jay White because, you know, it is on a weekly programming. But Swerve Strickland, you know, I've said it once, I'll say it before. I feel like he could be the Seth Rollins of AEW. And by that, I mean, he could be a world champion. That's a little more out there and a little more, you know, uh, the fans is a little more exotic for the fans to draw in. And I feel like they can just start gravitating to him. And I feel like he's going to be the guy that they'll build up in the next year. Yeah. Uh, before we go any further, hello, Chris Haas. Welcome to the show. Hey, Del. Pay a little, get a lot. NVStream702.com, the only place you should ever watch anything. Damn what up, Chris? So, anyways. <laughs> How are you, my friend? Doing good. We made it to another week and another Wednesday Night Chaos show with you guys. <laughs> well, 
Well, it's still early. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, so, Chris, did you watch? Dynam- have you watched all of Dynamite tonight? I have. Well, here's the good news. Usually, I'm wide awake and I am behind on having watched Dynamite. This time, I am fully caught up on Dynamite and not at all awake. So you can have, either have consciousness or you can have informed opinion, but you can't have both. And uh, in this case, um, it, it's going to be a sleep deprived uh, going to bed, Chris. If I fall asleep, <laughs> go ahead and <laughs> well, take my mic away. I, I don't know. How you should much... take my mic away now, but you know, <laughs> just in case you're not having the foresight, uh, you know, it's it's always a, a smart move to take my mic away at any point. <laughs> Well, we're not going to take it away just because we don't know how long we're going to last either. So <laughs> it's kind of like old grumpy men here on the podcast today. So, but I'm okay with that. So, but Carlos, I'm sure Carlos will let me never hear the end of it, which I'm looking forward to. So, anyhow, <laughs> did, so with that being said, where you've actually watched all the dynamite, um, did anything stick out to mind when you watched it? Uh, yeah, the little kid Chris Haas uh, with, uh, you know, Ric Flair and Stinger and Tony Schiavone. Um, I, I, I think that if anybody's listening to this and their dad watched wrestling, they that, that dad certainly enjoyed that segment. And, you know, daddy's home. So there you go. <laughs> uh, I think that was more Monday night. No, just kidding. <laughs> right. Uh, anyways. Um... Any clues to the devil tonight? I think. Can I be honest here? Yeah. I have absolutely no interest whatsoever in finding out a scripted storyline reveal on that whatsoever. I'm kind of not interested in the devil, who it is. I, 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 I didn't care about Rikishi doing it for the rock. I don't care about this. The, the, those storylines do not interest me whatsoever. Okay. It I could enjoy be Samoa Joe for the people. Huh? It could be Samoa Joe for the people. He could, he could play into yeah, that. Yeah, it could be lots of people. But but whatever, like, it, it's written by somebody that I'm not trying to get inside that writer's head, and I don't care. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to yuck other people's yum. If you, if you enjoy that storyline, good for you. Um, but it, it's just not something I'm going to speculate on. You know, I'm right there with Chris. I, it, when I first started, it wasn't bad, but then they kind of lost their way with the whole storyline. So to me, it just doesn't have a purpose. However, I will try to throw out some predictions. Um, Ted, the Hillbilly Hill, I don't know if I mentioned it yet. We were texting each other just before the full gear pay-per-view. He thought the devil was going to appear at full gear and it was possibly going to be returning Kylie, ah, the return of Kyle O'Reilly, and I thought that was a pretty interesting pick. I mean, the only problem is though, yeah. I mean, they burned it out. Another one that he possibly threw out. Wouldn't it be interesting if the devil was Tony Khan himself? I actually thought that would be kind of interesting, just fun, more or less. Um, I don't think that would happen because they would just they would get ripped for being a copycat so bad right but i <laughs> but i mean i have I don't know, like, you remember when tony khan said he wasn't going to be an on-screen character 
Uh, yeah, we see them announcing yeah. or making special announcements every week. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's whatever. I mean, you, you came out saying you weren't going to do something, and now people are speculating that you're part of a major storyline. Well, I've got two ridiculous predictions. So one, Hornswoggle. It's always Hornswoggle. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's the bastard son of Vince McMahon. He's the anonymous raw general manager. So he's the devil. Um, two, uh, let's go with MJF's mom. We could do the Judy Bagwell type thing, right? And but yeah. Uh, uh, basically let's, you know, throw that in there, right? They always were back in the day throwing shade at each other on Twitter. Um, but I'll tell you who it's not. It's not CM Punk. No, de- definitely not. In fact, I was almost going to throw in that nasty Leroy. I think he's the devil. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd be a little, I mean, I know I, I'd be a little annoyed. I'd be like, man, I'd be like, he was in here talking with us the whole time. He really is the devil. Yeah. Next thing you know, we hear him in the little, you know, distorted voice. MTF, you rat bastard. <laughs> you know, that'd be, I would be popping like hell for that. But yeah, I agree with you guys. Sounds like a little bit of a lackluster show. Um, you know, they're building the world's end with the devil stuff. You know, it's very late 90s-ish. It's the world's end. The devil will be revealed. You know, that kind of thing. End of the year, you know. Well, you know, I, I do pay reference. <laughs> you know. Obviously, somehow, I think the devil will play into the role of Samoa Joe and MJF's AEW World Championship match. So I, they need to find a way to get some steam on it. Otherwise, like Chris said, there's just going to be no interest with that anymore if they keep yeah. all lollygagging with it. You know, there's uh, just just do something with it. My my honest prediction, all joking aside, not kidding. I could see it being MJF himself. Um, and I know they show him while he's in the ring, but that could be videotaped and played later. And, um, you know, remember the what they always say, the saying is the devil's greatest secret was making or task was making the world think he didn't exist. I think that would play into MJF's character. He's been playing the good guy, making us think that he's a good guy. It's been a little over the top. Um, and I think that's his way to make us all look like fools. So that's going to be my pick. It might be a little bit out there, but I think that would be a nice swerve for everyone. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with Adam Cole. I think he's played it and he's going to turn his back on MJF, you know, because he wants another shot at that AEW World Championship. Yeah, it's a popular choice. It's um, you know, it's I think it's a safe one, right? Like I think they could go that route. Um, you know, I just I would like to see them do something a little different with it. I don't know what that is, but I would like to be like, huh, okay. And to the point where I'll remember it and you know, it won't be just a uh something that will be everybody will always be disappointed at some point, but I don't want it to be like a massive disappointment, you know what I mean? Right. But like what Chris said, you know, it it's hard to have interest in it when, you know, you can't really do much with it. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it it they kind of killed it already. It's almost similar to the Black Scorpion, you know. Stir, yeah. oh, yeah. stir. 
Let me ask you guys this. Do you guys ever feel like Punk at one point was meant to be the devil? Now that we know he clearly is not. Like, do you guys ever felt like that was maybe geared towards him and then it kind of just lost no. wind at some point? Because devil character has been around for over a year. No. I, I I think Punk pretty much, you know, Punk pretty much did himself in with that last fit that, you know, I think it was pretty much widely known it was serious matter. And this isn't to discredit Tony Khan as an employer, but he's one of the softest employers I know and will almost let anyone get away with anything up until point now where he had no choice but to fire him, you know, especially based off the now finding out through a few uh, sources that ultimately where Brian or yeah, Brian Danielson was the head of the, I can't remember what the committee's called, but, do you remember what it was called? The, it was the disciplinary action committee. Yeah, basically, what it was. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, we found out, it, you know, Brian Danielson was the ultimate decision that led to Punk's firing. And, you know, despite them being friends, he put out a tweet that said, you know, sometimes the decisions needed, the right decision needed to be made is really hard. And yeah, I, I, get that totally it just it really sucks when you have to let somebody go but you got to make the right choice at the end and that's what happened so you know i'm i've always said punk is sometimes his own worst enemy and that's what happened yeah i'm thoroughly convinced now he he got what he wanted he that man i I think he honestly wanted to be fired last year and it's a shame because tony is such a nice guy and wants people to succeed, wants to give them the benefit of the doubt. I believe last year he wanted to be let go and Tony worked it out and was like, well, let's do this. And I think punk was kind of like, dang it, you know? And then now he had to do something because I think he had this in his back pocket, you know, this WWE deal. Well, I mean, easily, easily because, you know, he, he was backstage at a WWE event while still contracted with AEW. Yes. And And Vince got scared at that moment because Vince actually was the one that says he needs to go now because Vince knew he was tampering. Yeah. Well, I think flat out Vince just didn't want him back. And I will say that is the one thing about Hunter that I, I, I highly respect about him. He's, he's willing to set the past aside to do the proper business. And I don't know. I hope this time it doesn't kick him in the butt. I hope it works out for punk. And I hope he understands, you know, respect authority and play by the rules and things will go smooth. But I don't know. I'm not going to hold my breath on it. <laughs> just just based off the recent history. But we'll we'll see how it plays out here. What'd you guys think of his promo on Monday? I'm kind of with the majority. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty tame, but I also think it was kind of in a way where Punk was showing that he can play ball. Yeah. The, um, for me, I don't, and I was very tired when I was watching it, but I felt like it was the exact same promo that he made in his return at AEW. 
I felt like it was very similar, but more of a PG-ish vibe, right? But I mean, I was just like, the Eminem song went through my head. I was like, you hear that, me head? You're saying the same, sh he said. <laughs> you know, like I literally wanted to put that into a meme on the Twitterverse because I was like, it sounds like the almost exact same type of, I'm back and all of this, you know. And Well, there was just no ice cream bars to go with it this time. Exactly. Tony must own those. <laughs> What's left, at least. And the rest are in your freezer. I think we established that, right? Well, they're probably right there with the rubbery Choco Tacos, I'm sure. <laughs> so, but yeah, I just, I was kind of like, we'll see where it goes in four months. Does that put us out past Mania? Maybe a little further, right? Um, I think they got a good hot probably plan up through Mania. And let's see where he's at in a year because, I mean, you know, let's get out of Chicago and let's see what this reaction really is. Well, I'm you know, right, right now it's news, right? It's everybody's, you know, that hasn't seen him in a long time. They're excited to see him, right? There are people that just don't watch the other products. So they see him back and they're like, oh my gosh, now I got to watch. But let's see how those venues act as he goes to Minnesota and LA and, you know, well, like. That's the exact problem though. When AEW brought him back. Yeah, it was in Chicago, just like what WWE just did. But the minute they left Chicago, as much as many people don't want to give Eric Bischoff credit because they always think that he's hating on AEW, and he's not. He's just trying to point out simple facts because he's been there, done that. Punk lost a lot of steam the minute they left Chicago. And that's my worry right now. I think... We need to really see how the other, how all the crowds outside, eh, outside of Chicago reacts to Punk now, and it's going to be interesting. I know Seth has been playing it pretty well, calling him a hypocrite, like a lot of the other IDWC members out there, you know. And yeah, it, it it's going to be an interesting watch. Yeah, it's the um, and Seth's playing it perfectly, right? That's his role right now. Um, kind of a question for any of you guys, really. The Who's going to be his first opponent? And keep in mind, it's most likely going to be somebody that's the WWE's willing to take a loss to Punk. So in my that's opinion, I don't think it's anybody like LA Knight or Roman or right. But it's going to be somebody willing to take a loss in WWE's eyes for a first match, kind of the tune-up match. The Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, no. <laughs> that's a good answer Steve has been following me into spaces so shout out to the Brooklyn Brawler also <laughs> one of the later iterations of Joink the Clown Yeah, and uh, Knuckleball. the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist Yes, and like that, poof he's gone now, much speaking of the devil, Carlos Estrada in, oh, how dare I yeah, yeah <laughs> That's more than the devil, Mr. Flaming Chips. How many bags of you can eat in his tweet there or whatever? <laughs> I think that was a hate crime. Uh, no, 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 no. It wasn't a hate. No, no. no. <laughs> I like how just making tired comments, I'm, I'm going to get canceled. I'm gonna Oh, trust me. <laughs> he said flaming. <laughs> and Chris called him out on it. <laughs> well, Chris, we, we get a backup follow request. You know, just let us know what the handle is to look out for. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you, Carlos. Hope you're doing good, brother. Um, yeah. 
Not in much respect to Steve Lombardi, the Brooklyn Roller. I idolized that guy throughout. He's following me into sex spaces. Well, I'm not going to say the sex spaces. Hey, whatever you guys. But he followed the host. And then he's like, oh, no, my wife's going to kill me. And he unfollowed her immediately. Well, what's that saying? You do you? Yeah. yeah well, apparently, if, if Steve does himself to, to the host of that space, <laughs> he's going to be sleeping out on the couch. So. Uh, I'm sure his wife would be understanding, though. There you, go. Well, you never know. In your 60s, sometimes people, you know have some sort of arrangement. It's not necessarily open, but it's not necessarily closed. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter? You couldn't think of anybody either? <laughs> well, well, no, it's because they probably won't remember. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, the, yeah, the nice thing about Alzheimer's is you're always meeting new people. See, there you go. There, there you there's go. always a plus to getting older. <laughs> yeah. I think. I, I feel better older. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Anyways, uh, no, I, as far as who would be willing to take a loss to punk, I don't know anybody right now. I mean, obviously it wouldn't be wise to have punk go in and defeat Seth right away, but did you have anybody in mind, Brian? Well, you know, and I agree with you. I don't think you know, he can just come in and squash people, right? Um, that are in the main event or pseudo main event. Um, well, and sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I just don't want to see it like what happened in AEW. He had nine matches undefeated and goes in and wins the world championship. Come on. Now, let's not play that same angle because it does not get over with the fans very well. Yeah, and with that, like, you know, and I agree with you, like, because I think – I think they AEW could do it because he was gone for so long, right? But now WWE's got to be a little trickier. I mean, he's going to win his first match. I think that's huge. Um, but I think it's got to be somebody against like a Grayson Waller or, you know, somebody that, you know, he can have a match against or a, an Austin Theory or, but I don't think it can be like Roman, Seth, oh, you know, yeah. I don't think he can just steamroll those guys. You know what I mean? So it, you got to find that Darby Allen kind of person who was Punk's first match back in AEW that they're willing to take a pin. I think Finn Balor could be a candidate um, because, you know, the WWE doesn't seem to mind him taking a pin and looking weaker to somebody else. Right. But I do think, you know, in their mind, they're like, well, if Finn Balor takes a pin, that's okay. It's not the demon. The demon can't take a pin. So I think they kind of have that idea in their head. Well, now that we think about it, Dominic wouldn't be a bad one to start off with if they're going to have Punk be on Raw. And I imagine they are since they had him pretty much return on Raw. So, but did we ever find out if he was actually assigned to a brand? No. And I mean, heck, I would have him on SmackDown too, you know, just to, ride this wave a little bit for the week, but yeah, he didn't really, I don't believe there was an announcement about a brand specific. And see, um, that's, that's what I hate about brand splits. <clears throat> one, they never last that long Two, You always end up seeing someone from the other brand on there anyway. You know, I, I mean, just do away with it, especially when you do all those mass releases just shortly after the draft, you know, it's just, I don't know. To me, I think, if they end up signing with one network for both SmackDown and Raw, just 
in that damn brand split. Yeah, I um I don't feel like it works in the modern WWE era. The only their last great chance at a brand split was when they merged with WCW. Those were two individually separate companies established separately. Very believable that there was an invasion, right? Um, honestly, I feel like the WCW did a brand split well with the NWO. I mean, NWO had their own referees. They had their own pay-per-views, right? I mean, so, I mean, that was like a fun faction brand split. But, you know, I think ultimately I'm with you. Um, it's just, it's a little weird when you don't hold to the rules, but if you don't mix it up, then it gets stale. And I think you have to have almost like a true separate brand to have a brand split. And I mean, the only way that I think they could pull something like that off is with an NXT because they everybody still feels that's a separate brand, you know? Well, and if that does happen to be the case, what's going to happen now with two general managers? Because you got Adam Pierce on Raw and Nick Aldis both on SmackDown. That's going to be an interesting twist there if they go that route. Oh, Adam Pierce will get fired and they'll bring AJ Lee back to be general manager of Raw, I'm sure. Oh, uh, Jesus. <laughs> well, that's about the only role she can really play because isn't she still kind of fragile on the neck? Yeah. Uh, was she doing something with women of wrestling? I don't think yeah. she's with it anymore. She's, yeah. Well, she was with them. I don't know what her current. I mean, the last time I saw the credits roll, she was listed as an executive producer, but she doesn't have an on on camera role. Oh, okay. That would make sense because I think I watched it for the first time actually this past weekend. And I thought it was pretty decent, actually. Okay, that's hilarious because I literally just kind of did that about in the last two weeks. I seen it on. I was like, I'm going to watch this. And I actually was drawn in by it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to check this out casually just to see kind of what they're doing down there. Well, I think the women actually put on a pretty good performance there. You know, I'm like, holy crap, these are the women we need in these bigger promotions. <laughs> you know, And I'm with you on that. I think that um, when I was watching it, I was sitting there and I was like, you know, if they want to build up their women division, they need this is going to be the future here. Like they're going to have to start pilferaging that group a little bit. But, um, you know, let them get free training down there. Right. And then bring them up into, you know, even AEW could expand if they wanted, you know. Or even, you know, get WWE on it a little bit because, I mean, even though they've got the better stars at WWE, I will still stand by what I said earlier. Impact has the best women's division right now. And that's going to be hard to really beat. Yeah. Anyways, now that we kind of went off Shout the rails of the rebranded TNA, and uh, I really enjoyed their thousandth episode where they brought back some of the knockouts. So Scott Demore, tip of the cap for always booking the women well there. Absolutely. You're yeah, right. they always do a good job with their knockouts division. I would agree 100%. Well, we get right into the Survivor Series now. Um Let's start off with the very first match, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, the women's war games match started off the PLE event. The team of Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch ends up defeating the team of Damage Control. This one was eye-catching. Um, I think I was the only one that... Yeah, I got this one wrong. You and Carlos got this right. The thing that I did kind of see, though, was 
in a way, Bailey was kind of the odd woman out in this faction. She was saving her teammates, but none of her teammates bothered trying to save her. And I think maybe we're going to start seeing this pan out starting Friday night to see conflict between Bailey and the rest of Damage Control. What was your thoughts on this match? Yeah, I um, for me, I, you know, I, I knew that Belair and Flair and Lynch they were they were going to win this right because the stars don't lose matches like this unless it's part of a story, which in this case Bailey, like you mentioned, um, I liked the fact it's very tough for me like when you have two of the same match on a pay per view or PLE. Um, so like double hell in a cells, right on the same one and double war games. So it's very tough, even double Royal rumbles. It's tough to book and it's tough to, you know, keep a lot of interest in that. I thought it was very smart to start out with it, but I like the fact that they had, they made that match more of the weapons war game match, you know, and it was booked different than the main event match. And there was enough differences to where I didn't really mind two war games matches on the same card. So uh, kudos to the ladies in there and getting in there. And I liked how they just told the story of just kept adding more weapons as the match went on with, uh, except for Bianca Belair, apparently her, um, her, her ponytails was enough of a weapon. She didn't need to bring anything else. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I actually need to correct myself. Carlos and I got that right. You got it wrong. It was you that picked damage control. No, I didn't pick damage control. Uh, well, sorry. That's what was written down, Biatch. So you got uh, it. So, who's auditing that file? I want that audited. <laughs> Mike Rotunda. Um, any- <laughs> you, you got referee Nick Patrick reading over that? Well, he was in one of my questions today, so I kind of got some favoritism, I'm sure. <laughs> so, But, no, I, I, I was – yeah, I think it was pretty interesting to see – how that whole match played out. It'll be really interesting to see what happens this Friday on SmackDown between Bailey and Damage Control. Now, do you, if there is going to be a breakup, do you think Dakota Kai sides with the rest of the girls, or do you think she goes with Bailey? Uh, she's the mystery horse in this one. Because um, really, I, I could see Bailey just getting straight out kicked out. Because the interesting fact was Dakota Kai helped Bailey a little bit that first five minutes, you know, throwing in the kendo stick and trying to, was it Bianca Belair that was in there first or was it Becky? I can't remember. Uh, Bianca Belair was definitely not in first because she came in because I was waiting for her to grab a weapon and then. Okay. Yeah. So it was Becky that was in there first, but we saw Dakota Kai you know, jab Becky with the kendo stick and whatnot. So yeah, it, it, it's now kind of playing some mind games right there to see which way Kai's going to go when this split does eventually happen. Yeah. I, I almost think they're following the judgment day model where they're just going to kick out their creator, AKA edge, AKA Bailey and replace them with the new leader. I, th- I think they're just going to go that route. And that's Oscar, obviously. Is it going to be Oscar or is it going to be EO Sky? I think Oscar's the leader of that group. I mean, I just think she's the most credible, in my opinion. Um, don't get me wrong, EO Sky is the champion, and that will lead to some future problems, I'm sure. But, you know, for the long term booking, but I think short term, you know, it's going to be about Bailey versus, you know, all of them. 
and kind of like getting similar to what Edge did with Judgment Day. Yeah, interesting. So for match number two, we have the Intercontinental Championship match. Gunther retains over the Miz. All of us got that one right. I think that was a pretty easy call, but I want to say kudos to the Miz because I thought he put on one hell of a match with Gunther because it's really hard to take Miz serious at times. This match, he definitely gave Guther one hell of a run for that championship. You gonna talk though? <laughs> oh, it was weird. It's like you just cut off. Oh, <laughs> I didn't hear the last part of what the question was oh, on it. Oh, so I no. What I was saying is, is it was really. Uh, as hard as it take it is to take Miz serious as an actual serious competitor, especially when you put him up with the likes of Gunther, who's been very dominant as a as the WWE's longest intercontinental champion, longest reigning intercontinental champion. I thought he did a pretty good job standing toe to toe. You know. Yeah, um, I he made me. There was a point in the match he made me believe that he might actually win, and. It was for about five seconds, but I was sitting there. I was like, oh, crap. Okay, and I'm not mad at that, but I'm also like, okay, how would they book him going forward? And that would be a very Miz-like thing to do is to end the longest streak ever, right? So um, they did make me believe that for a you know, few seconds, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get this one way wrong. But I wasn't mad about it. The Miz did a good job. That would be almost in tune with his character to end a long streak like that and just run his mouth about it, right? So... Um, so yeah, I thought they did pretty good on the match overall. I thought they gelled better than I thought they were going to. So, um, yeah, I, I'm still going to stick with my ridiculous pick of the honky tonk man's protege rockabilly coming out of retirement and beating Gunther to end his streak. Yeah, I don't see that happening. That no. was the worst <laughs> fucking take I've ever heard in my life. That was the point. Uh, I think even Chris Haas would have enough energy to slap the shit out of you with a wet trout or something. Just because you deserve it for that, you know. Anytime you bring up that rockabilly character, for Christ's sakes. Uh, um, in all seriousness, who do you think takes that belt off of Gunther? That's a very interesting call. Um, one or two things. If they don't have LA Knight win that U.S. championship soon. I think he switches brands and eventually takes the championship off Gunther. Yeah, I mean, whoever takes this belt off of him is going to be having that in, the, in their that notch in their belt, right? So, um, you know, part of me was wanting The Miz to do it just because it's almost too easy for him to... Everybody would hate him for it, but they would also... It would make sense for his character. Um but yeah, I mean, I Gunther might hold this thing and he might do the ultimate warrior thing and hold this thing all the way until he wins the world title, you know? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I hope is whoever they do have take that championship off Gunther, don't give them like that one month title ring or the one night like what they did to Zack Ryder for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Make make him look like a champion. 
because to do that kind of shenanigans, you, you then weaken the prestige of that championship. And I felt they've done that too many times, especially particularly with the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, while we go right into match number three, <laughs> we had a little bit of a change due to an injury. Dragon Lee taking on Santos Escobar and Santos picking up the win. But even though that changed, um, we all still picked Santos winning that match. Yeah, I think it was a pretty easy call. What was your thoughts on that? Yeah, this was supposed to be the Santos Escobar squash match of the night. Um, it, it is what it was, right? So it basically just got us there. It got him a win. We got to start believing him as, you know, the bad guy of this series and of the guy that's a real contender. Um, so I think it served its purpose. It felt like a Monday night raw match for me. Um, but I mean, on a pay-per-view with, or PLA with like five matches on it, you know, it was meant to be quick, easy and to the point. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, it was kind of a filler match. The fans weren't really into it, which is kind of a scary thing. I mean, they, you heard more, reaction for Dragon Lee than he did Santos. I mean, obviously as a heel, Santos shouldn't be getting too much of a reaction, but he should be getting some booze. And you didn't hear a whole lot of booze for it. At least on my TV, I didn't hear it. Did you? No, it, it was very, um, it was a little lackluster in that department. Um, I felt like the overall show, you know, started out really hot and then it kind of went down the roller coaster to the bottom a little bit. And then back at the end, it got hot again, you know, and I felt like it was a very bookend PLE where it was hot in the beginning and the end of it, especially. Yeah. And, and it did start off with a little bit of heat there with Chicago, you know, and fuck you Santos, but that didn't last very long. You know, for me, yeah. if, if you don't have the heat, like Dom does, you need to start stepping up your heel game then. <laughs> yeah. No, it, I've said it many times. I, I really truly believed it should have been Dom taking over the LWO and kicking his father out. I, I felt like that should have been, you know, and that would have gotten him away from judgment day and kept him still fresh. And, you know, maybe he switched brands, that kind of thing. Yeah. There's still plenty of time. You never know what will happen. Plus Christmas is still around the corner, so he can still go in and invade and take out the other legs. So what right. the hell? <laughs> but uh, going to match number four for the WWE Women's World Championship, Rhea Ripley successfully retains over Zoe Stark. I thought Zoe Stark had one hell of a performance in that match, but just like Santos, there wasn't much reaction for Zoe, which is a bummer because she's a good athlete. I just don't think she has the it factor with the fans. Um, what's your thoughts? I agree with you. The, um, the problem with her with her is nobody cares about her, right? Um, yeah, if you look at her actual work, I mean, she did fine. Rhea was doing a really good job of calling the spots and really trying to do a good job of getting something going. Um, so, I mean, you know, they just, they were working hard. They were both trying to do a good job. But, you know, with the fans, I just don't, there's not, she's very plain in a lot of their eyes. You know, now I'm not saying about the people that have watched her from NXT and, you know, I mean, because we are a smaller margin of people, right, that watch a lot of that product. But um, for the person that just kind of says, OK, well, why is she going against this superpower that's Rhea Ripley? It's not believable. I never and I don't think most people would ever be drawn into the idea yet of Zoe being champion yet. And also 
is she really going to take down Rhea Ripley? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So mommy's just too hot right now and too dominant. I, I just, it's really going to be hard to find that one person that can take her down, which I think will either be at Mania or maybe shortly after Mania. There's only one person that comes to mind, but it won't be an overly. The person's very popular, but it'd be interesting to see the story arc. And I, I do feel like a Liv Morgan case could be made um, because the people are drawn to Liv. So that's a you know, comparison there. Zoe Stark to Liv Morgan. For some reason, people would like to see Liv succeed. They're drawn into her, you know. Um, so, you know, but you'd have to build her up correctly, you know, and make her the exact opposite of Rhea. And that would take time. Well, and if they do go that route, they need to book Liv much better because she was the victim of bad booking, especially up against Ronda Rousey. That first defense, it was just done horrible. And it it was not Liv's fault. That was just creative's fault. They dropped the ball with her. And if they do go that route, please just book it much better. Yeah, and and I don't, and I'm not saying she should do it at Mania, right? Like we're talking, in my opinion, we're talking like a year down the line, right? Like a proper well, booking. Well, um, you can do it over at Backlash too, you know the one that yeah. the one that precedes WrestleMania. I just think it would be better to have Rhea retain that championship as long as you can keep it relevant on her. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, and to your point of her, she's just she's hot over the crowd. She They love her. Um, I'm not going to say stone cold popularity, but she's got a lot of popularity, you know, and and they just are drawn. And no matter what she does, if she's playing a manager, they love her. If she's the champion, they love her. If she's in a faction, they love her. If she's just with Dom, they love her. Like, I, I'm convinced she could do anything and the fans would be like all over it. And last but not least, the main event was the men's war games match where we saw the return of the Viper, Randy Orton, which his team got the win, Randy Orton, Cody Rhodes, main event, Jey Uso, Seth freaking Rollins and Sami Zayn get the victory over judgment day and drew McIntyre. And this one had a lot of eyeballs on it, especially post-match one being the fact that CM Punk returned, but oh, after- CM Punk's back. Yeah, CM Punk's back, I guess. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since we kind of got a little ahead of that on the program. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was it was really awesome to see this match. I thought everybody did their part very well. Um, and I was about to curse you out because Mommy bringing out that damn briefcase, I'm like, oh, shit. Brian's going to really let me have it if he wins this. But sure enough, when just before they tried to cash it in, here came Randy <laughs> to save the day. Thank God. Uh, and it would have really been interesting to see how that played out. However, I, I was however, loving it. However, I think the main part of the match was mostly after the match was over. We see CM Punk come out, return over. No, don't. <laughs> Bad monkey. Abort. 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 <laughs> delete. 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 <laughs> no, that uh, when the match was finished, um, 
you you're gonna not to say that word. Oh my goodness, I gotta figure out some other thesaurus words here. Thanks a lot, Chris. Um, no, I mean, we see Drew McIntyre leave pissed off, <laughs> you see Seth Rollins throwing a fit, and the really funnier part is you see. <laughs> You see Grandy Orton and Jey Uso catching up with the times, which you're supposed to, you would be thinking Randy Orton would be getting ready to RKO, RKO Jey Uso for what the bloodline did to Randy. Uh, it was just kind of a weird, a weird after they went off the air deal. So 